Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. You probably know some very proud people that don't believe that God rules both in heaven and on earth. Sadly, many might tell you they are Christians. However, God ruling in our own life reveals your belief that He rules everywhere else. To put it another way, doing what's right says a lot about the way we really think and believe about God. In Daniel chapter 4, Daniel is speaking about this with a wealthy king who pays little attention to those less fortunate than he is. This is an important message for you and me to hear. Let's learn more in part two of Pastor Jim's message, From Pride to Humility to Glory. Now he says, you need to listen. This is the decree which has come upon my Lord, the King. This is what's going to happen to you. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, meaning he's going to be living outside, and seven times, now some people say it's seven seasons, some people seven years, shall pass over you till you know, some versions say, until you have learned that the most high rules or has sovereignty in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Now that was the we looked at that last week. It was said three times. This is this that was really the theme of this chapter. This is the second time he says it to him. And basically, Daniel says this to him. King Nebuchadnezzar, things are going to be very difficult for you until, and we'll see it in a minute, until you repent of your pride. Things are going to be very, very hard for you until you repent of your pride. Perhaps that is a message for someone in particular this morning. In some ways, it's a message for all of us. But maybe it's been something God has been speaking to you. I mean, maybe, maybe in your life, you're trying to get something going. And there's, you're just absolutely unable to get any traction in anything. You can't get anything going. Everything you touch is going wrong. Nothing is going right. And you've been, you know, blaming, you know, your boss. You've been blaming your friends. Or you're like Adam saying to God, it's the woman you gave me, right? Whatever it is. You're just blaming everything. But deep down inside, you know that God has been saying to you, there's a big pride issue going on here. And until you deal with that with me, this is the way it's going to be. You, you know it. You know it deep down. I've had it many times in my life when God has been like, no, Jim, this is what it is. And until you deal with it, and you know, you learn your lesson enough times, I can't say I've totally learned it, but I learned it a lot when I was younger. And, and, and just saying, until you deal with it, until you stop blaming other people, it's going to be hard for you to get anywhere in life. So Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, 
The Lord is gonna cut you down. He's gonna drive you from the kingdom. You will lose your sanity and you will think like an animal. You will live with the animals. You will eat grass, not the kind some of you used to eat. Some of you are like, what's he talking about? Come on, this is Calvary Chapel, man. (laughs) You eat grass for seven years. It's actually a known illness known as boanthropy or lycanthropy. Not exactly a feel-good message, is it, that Daniel's delivering to the king? But one that, that Nebuchadnezzar needs to hear because the Lord knows what's best. He knows the best way for people to come to him. He knows that Nebuchadnezzar has to deal with his pride to turn to God and put his trust in him. He knows that even the most powerful man of the world needs to learn this lesson. But sadly, throughout history, most people have not learned this lesson. Nebuchadnezzar, like all of us, has to learn, must learn, how fragile life really is. I don't know about you, if you're not on our church prayer list, it's probably a good thing to sign up for. Sometimes you get these prayer requests and you're like, oh, wow. Just like that, something can happen to someone. No matter who they are, none of us are exempt from pain in this life. A lot of times when I think about how, you know, things can happen to really strong and mighty and gifted people, I think of Steve Jobs from Apple, one of the founders of Apple, and then eventually the the, the brain behind it, behind it all. Brilliant guy, really changed so much about the, the world. You know, how many of you buy his stuff? With all that money, all that brain power, all that brilliance, all those billions of dollars, couldn't ward off cancer and dies at the age of 56. There are presidents, there are dictators, there are titans of business, and there are, like most of us, very independent people. But there is only one Lord God who is king of the universe. And the prosperity and power of this life, how little of it or how much of it you might have, it just doesn't last. It doesn't last very long at all. Verse 26, And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you. After you have come to know that, heaven rules. That's another way of saying, after you have come to know that God rules. What is that? That is repenting. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there will be a lengthening of your prosperity. This is a terrifying prophecy. Absolutely terrifying Daniel tells him what's going to happen to him. You are going to lose your mind. 
You know, some of you might wonder, does God speak to people when they lose their mind? Most of you know that we have a radio station. It broadcasts from this location here, but the tower where the antenna is is on top of Shangun Mountain in Denville. And it sits right over, I forgot the name of it in the first sentence. What's the name of that hospital there? Greystone, the psychiatric hospital. And we get a decent amount of calls from Greystone of people who are listening to our station. Let me tell you something. Sometimes I hear the best theology I've ever heard in my life coming over there. They always use the, the, the full three minutes to leave the message. <laughs> And for 90 seconds, you'll hear great theology. And then you'll hear where their mind is. So I used to never know how God would reach into such minds. I think of people like Sandy Strunk. I have no doubt anymore, zero doubt, that God is able to reach into the heart and mind of anyone who has breath. And so somehow in the midst of this guy's situation, he comes to the realization, he comes to know that God rules, that heaven rules. And God says, you'll get your kingdom back when you repent. Most people think his son was the interim leader. And so Daniel, the man of God, counsels the king, you need to turn to God you need, to, you need to turn to heaven. You need to turn from your sins. And then you need to break or cut off your sins and do what's right. Daniel specifically tells him, you need to stop oppressing the poor and the helpless. You need to stop destroying lives. Now, this is one of those things where um, I have to rely on historians to think, well, what would, I mean, he's been, seems like he's kind of chilling in this passage. We'll get to that in a minute. And, and it seems like the empire's under control. What was, I, so I'll go to historians to find out what was he really doing. And a lot of historians think it's not so much that he was oppressing the people as he was not helping. He was indulging himself and he was lacking generosity. Now, these kinds of things are not easy to hear. What you do with your money says a lot about your faith. It really does. What you do with your time says a lot about your faith. I never really thought about this till I went on staff at a church, and, and, and then I heard that various people were considered for various positions, and I was told that um, they don't have a pattern of regularly donating to the church. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then I found out that we as a Calvary Chapel were more on the bottom of the list of that as I researched other churches and other denominations. I was even talking to Pastor John about this before service. He was like, oh, yeah. That, that Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And so the thinking goes for a lot of people in most churches across the country, if you're considering people for leadership, 
you have to say, where is their treasure? And I'm, I'm, I don't really make a big deal about that. I'm like, yes, we just, you know, we have a box in the back. People give money online, you know. We, uh, you know, saw my mother yesterday. I haven't seen her since COVID started. She gets out of the car. First thing she says, you look too thin. <laughs> I said, the people in the church aren't giving money, mom. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, I... Yeah, I said, I, I stopped, you know, Pam buys a box of crackers. She has three crackers. I eat the rest of the box. I stopped doing that. <laughs> you know, that, that's it. Daniel says to him, man, you, you got to dump your pride. You got to dump your arrogance. You got to answer to God instead of yourself. And if you do that, you might end the judgment that's upon you. That's what he says at the end. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. Maybe that's a message for some of us or for all of us to stop our selfishness and to let God rule in our lives. Now, some people would say, well, some people say, well, what he's describing here, describe, he's telling Nebuchadnezzar, save by works, break off your sins by being righteous. Show mercy to the poor. But that's after you come to know that heaven rules. That's after you know that God rules. In the book of Acts, the apostle Paul is testifying to King Agrippa. And Jesus is already in heaven and tells him the message of the Old Testament and the New Testament. He says, but, and the idea is, but I declared first to those in Damascus where he first met Jesus and, and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then first that's to the Jews and then to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, that they should what? One, repent, turn to God or put their trust in Jesus, and then after you've done those things, then after those things, do works befitting repentance or demonstrating your repentance, now, if you're taking notes, just jot, jot down Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. You've got to know those verses. We are saved by grace, through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You say, oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. No, you're boasting. Then verse 10, we are created for good works, he tells us. So we come to Jesus and then we do good works. Notice, notice how God rules Daniel's life with such incredible courage and love. He goes to the most violent man on the planet. And don't forget that term because next week we're going to talk about that. He goes to the most violent man on the planet and tells him the truth about the Lord. That is true love, sharing the bad news with people that they are not in a right relationship with God. I mean, my goodness, some of you, I know one of the businesses I own, we have errors in omission insurance. Why do we have that? In case we make a mistake in what we tell people. Doctors have malpractice insurance. Everybody has all kinds of things, and, and, and he, he's, he's going to tell this guy, you are not in a right relationship with God, and he's going to tell him, pride kills. Pride kills. 
It's important we all see that we all have the human tendency to push God to the side and to do what we think is best. To me, I just think that's the height of pride. And I'm not, I'm looking in the mirror on this one to think sometimes that I'm smarter than God. One thing of all the years of, of being a Christian has taught me is that whenever I read the Bible, and I'm not so sure I agree with it, God's right and I'm wrong. I'm just going to have to figure out what's going on. Once again, that, that means we have to be honest. And sometimes we have to be honest with people, but we also have to be honest with ourselves that sometimes God works against us so we come to Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you may be experiencing that right now. Everything, you're bumping up against a problem on everything. And God is like, I am not going to make your life easy until you hear me calling you. Other things, maybe you are a follower of Jesus and you feel like you're just bumping up against everything is difficult in your life. Everything. And you know it's the Lord. You know it. And he's making your life difficult. He's making your life hard. Why? So you come clean with him. That's love. That is not because he hates you. It's because he loves you. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, sometimes God warns us that our prideful course of life is going to crash. There's a term we use for it. We used to use it for it years ago. Use a lot when we're teaching the Old Testament. It's called firing warning shots across the bow of the boat. Maybe you've seen it in a movie. There's a boat going down, the, going down and all of a sudden, there's another boat comes alongside of it and starts firing missiles over it. Some of you are like, didn't that happen in Pirates of the Caribbean? Maybe, right? <laughs> Doing that. And then somebody yells out, the next one won't miss. And sometimes God does that. He's firing warning shots across the bow of our boat. And he's saying, the next one's not going to miss. Or how many of these shots do you think you can take until one of them doesn't miss? I would love to tell you, I would love to tell you that it's rare that people don't listen to those warning shots. But I would be totally lying to you. And by the way, you may not believe this, but I love all of you too much to lie to you. And if that means that the place is full all the time, praise the Lord. And if that means that the one person comes every week and happens to be my wife, and she's calling all the time, sorry, not feeling it today. That's okay. That's okay. Because at least I'll be able to face God. You see, the truth is that God warns because God loves. That's why he warns. The Lord calls all of us to repent of our pride, to humble ourselves, and to turn to the Lord Jesus because it's the only way to receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. There's a verse that we come to often 
Acts 17.30. And if you are a person who um, you, you feel like, I didn't know all of this stuff. Acts 17.30 says, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So if you say, I didn't know any of this stuff, it's okay. Or I forgot, it's okay. God wants us to come to him. Verse 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. So sadly, what Daniel said happened. Verse 29, at the end of 12 months, now we don't know exactly what's happening. Perhaps Nebuchadnezzar got his act together, changed his ways for 12 months, or maybe God was merciful while Nebuchadnezzar procrastinated. Has God ever told you something and you procrastinated on it and kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it? And then all of a sudden you think, okay, I'm going to do it now. And then you find that the door is closed. Then you find that the opportunity no longer exists. You can only put things off so long. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. All right, so let's go for a walk with Nebuchadnezzar. Anybody want to go for a walk with him? Let's go for a walk with him and listen to him talking to himself. I call verse 30, pride speaks. The king spoke, saying... Is this not great Babylon? Now, it was great. We'll get to some of the reasons about that in a few few minutes. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty might and for the honor of my majesty? Hear that? I, my, my. I read that and I go, oh, my, my. And the truth is, is that Babylon was one of the greatest architectural wonders of the ancient world. There was three palaces there. Why only have one when you can have three? There was a 30-story tower there. The Hanging Gardens, considered to be one of the seven wonders of the world, was thought to be in Babylon. They say the city walls were so thick that they used for defense that you could, have it, you could ride a chariot with multiple horses across the chariot, actually on the wall, on the top of the wall, and then actually turn it around. And they say that Nebuchadnezzar built in the empire, 53 pagan temples. Babylon was the most beautiful city in the ancient world at the time. But Nebuchadnezzar was what we used to have a joke around here. Nebuchadnezzar is what we call a glory stealer. I'll tell you first what we meant by it and then what I really mean by it. Um, Sometimes in the church, somebody would ask somebody to do something and they would do it. And then they would go to another staff member. It was a joke between us because we all like doing it. And uh, somebody would say, oh, thank you for doing that. And you didn't do it. And you go, you're so welcome. It was a pleasure to do it. 
What are you dealing? You're stealing the glory from another. And we'd all be like, glory stealer, glory stealer. It was a big joke. We don't care who gets the credit on it. It doesn't really matter, right? But that's not good to do with God. You know, I think a lot of us don't realize a lot of times how blessed that we are. You know, when people tell me how miserable this country is, I'm like, why is there such a long line to get in? And why are so few people leaving? Many of us have been born with just incredible gifts and privileges in this country. Absolutely incredible. And when you take God's glory away, you invite the judgment of God. Nebuchadnezzar forgot who the Most High God was. He forgot who gave him his kingdom. He forgot all Daniel had told him. And when we forget God, we tend to replace him with a false God. You know what a common false God is? Ourselves. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.